Welcome back to Outstanding in the Field, a podcast by Perennia, highlighting production practices, pest management, and more for field crops in Nova Scotia. I'm your host and Provincial Field Crop Specialist, Caitlin Condon. On this episode, I'm joined by my colleague, Perennia Dairy Specialist, Dan Mosley. Join us as we chat about caustic treated grain and why it could be a good fit for your operation from both the field production and dairy nutrition perspective. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Great. So uh, to get us started, can you give a little introduction about yourself, please? Yeah, so my name's Dan Mosley. I'm the dairy specialist with Perennia. I've uh, been here in Nova Scotia uh, since 2007. I was previously in the UK, uh, worked in ruminant nutrition ever since having studied uh, animal sciences with ruminant nutrition at uh, Harper Adams University uh, in the UK. Yeah, and so I've been doing that throughout my career. And as I said, coming over here since 2007. So uh, um, thoroughly enjoy getting out there onto dairy farms and figuring out plans and uh, what motivates people, but around nutrition and uh, and helping healthy happy cows, which which leads to healthy, happy, or happy farmers for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, no, I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to have a, a Perennia colleague on the podcast and um, coming at a field crops related topic from a little bit of a different lens, which is always exciting. So uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of dairy farmers have grain, a small cereal grain somewhere in their rotation, whether that's winter wheat, spring wheat, barley, whatever. Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Um, but from, again, a different lens and kind of that dairy, dairy nutrition and use aspect of it. Um, but before we kind of dive into the meat of it, um, can we talk a little bit about cereal grains in general and are they suitable to be fed to dairy cattle and if so in what form yeah absolutely and it's that's that's not a new thing by any means it's been around for forever i would say mm-hmm. um you know barley wheat oats corn or uh, rye as well um you know so very commonly fed there. I would say less commonly here that I've found in, in Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. uh, the wheat that tends to be shied away from. And I, I think that's uh, unfair on wheat. It's a very good, good feed for sure. But, uh, um, you know, and, and the suitability of these balancing two or three of these together for sure is, is always, uh, is always helpful. Um, I know we're talking about dairy primarily, beef beef diets and when we get into the meat of what we're looking at here you know can have perhaps just one of those cereal grains as their mm-hmm. primary uh, energy source as their energy source i should say so yeah they have to be processed in some way different forms of processing if it's uh if it's crimping if it's rolling grinding uh corn could be high moisture obviously uh, um, but yeah there needs there needs to be some form of processing for them to be suitable in a in a in a ruminant a dairy uh, diet right Okay. Yeah, I think it's, um, I'm kind of with you, with you that I think there's an opportunity there because we, particularly with wheat, um, because we are producing wheat uh, quite regularly and, and doing a pretty good job of it 
in my opinion. Um, yields have definitely gone up over the years. So if there's a way that we can use some of that on farm, um, as well as as selling our excess, then I think that's I think that's a win all around. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we were at the mercy of the markets, whatever's going mm -hmm. on out west and throughout globally, really. And, uh, you know, we we get the fallout of that. So yeah. the ability to become more sustainable with what we can grow on farms here, uh, energy and protein is, uh, you know, it's it's going to help us to be to not be uh, at that, that mercy and to, um, you know, to pay the high prices that we've seen certainly in the last two, three years in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So a process that uh, can be used to kind of make the make the grain suitable for use in in a, a dairy diet would be um, treating it with caustic soda. So can you talk to me a little bit about what treating it with caustic soda does to the grain that makes it suitable? Yeah, absolutely. And again, this this isn't a, a new thing. It's uh... There's been a just a handful of people here in uh, in Nova Scotia that have tried this. Um, I, I introduced it probably for the first time. Uh, goodness, must have been 15 years ago. Uh, a farmer tried it with some wheat, a barley, sorry. So that's another form. It's another process. It takes away the needing to grind or heat treat or certainly grind and roll as as for grains to make them suitable in diets, but. Uh, uh, caustic treating, uh, the chemical name sodium hydroxide, it's, um, as a, it is a very caustic product, obviously that's mm -hmm. how it's doing its job. So, uh, it's, uh, we can get into, we'll talk into the, how that, that is done uh, mm -hmm. here, but, uh, it really is what it's doing is, is taking off the husk of the, of the grain so that then the, the starch, the nutrients in within the grain then become available for that, uh, for the cow to, to be able to use mm -hmm. without the need to, to grind and any further processing. Okay. So it makes it more digestible. Yeah. Yes. Because before that it wouldn't be, um, right. you know, that we, we can't feed all whole grains to, uh, to ruminants there, uh, to, mm -hmm. to, to cows, I would say, uh, sheep are a different thing. So yeah, it needs to have some form of process to be able to get past that husk so the bugs and the rumen can make use of that energy. Right. So is it a pretty comparable end product, I guess, to if you were grinding it or rolling it or whatever, or does one do a better job? Um, it depends on the diet, really, and everything else that's going on there. My my experience is that it actually is does a better job in there. Okay. I find, uh, you know, one of the things that I always would say is let's ask the cow what she thinks. So yeah. we can we can put diets together and things look good on paper. Um, but then let's let's check um, milk. Let's do milk analysis. Let's do manure uh, bloods. So let's uh, in particular with grains like this, we can check manure and just see how much uh, uh, starch is going through that rumen. Mm -hmm. bypassing the hindgut of that cow and then not being used at all it's in the manure so it becomes right. a very expensive manure and that's a great way to test and see okay well what are the suitabilities of these and i find that caustic treating does make um uh it's certainly that because it's it's a moist product as well that the, the mm -hmm. dampness helps those uh the cows digest it more so but um it's doing it's, there's other benefits in there uh, as well which um we'll talk about there particularly from what the caustic is, is giving yeah no very cool so i guess we we talked about this a little bit already but just to expand on it a little bit more you said it's not a new process and and uh you've had some people try it around here 
over the years. Um, but where did your interest in this process come from um, initially? And why do you why did you originally and why do you still think that it could be a fit for uh, Nova Scotia dairy farms? Yeah, so uh, it started again with, with my work in the UK and, um, you know, poor harvest conditions. You know, we've seen some a pretty wet year here this last year. And so it, what it does, it creates, especially for, for wheat and barley, it creates a much wider window for harvesting because when we're treating grain with caustic soda, sodium hydroxide, we'll, we'll, we'll call it caustic from now on. I think that's just to keep it simpler. Um, yeah. You know, it, it needs to be wet. So, right. you know, it can come off the field. Uh, we want to get it to around at uh, 30 to 40% moisture. Mm -hmm. um, so if grain is coming off a field at 20% there, uh, it's absolutely fine. It doesn't have to be dry. Right. We actually want to make it wetter. So uh, um, we don't have to wait. The, the producer, whoever's growing that grain, doesn't have to wait for it to be uh, perfect uh, weather. Uh, right. To the, the 15, 14%, whatever they would look for. Yeah. You don't have to worry about <laughs> trying to find uh, somewhere to dry it. And, yeah. And, and it's, and it's so suitable nice. as well for, you know, where people may not have, you know, again from where i brought it across the idea that there is where people may not perhaps get a good crop of of corn mm -hmm. uh, for example it's um on less suitable land perhaps there but it gives them a chance to grow another uh, energy crop um, mm -hmm. to complement the rest of the feed cool all right so i think now we'll get into um the actual process of how do you go about treating it with the caustic um and yeah, what kind of processes and even equipment, I guess, would you need for this? Yeah, so there is there is a, you know, you do need specific equipment there. A, um, uh, a TMR feeder, uh, a mixer there is is ideal. Mm -hmm. uh, not crucial, but, but ideal. Uh, the process, yeah. So what we typically do is, if, well, let's use that example then of using a TMR feeder Anything between one to five tons of grain would be put into the into the feeder, mm -hmm. and then you'd add the the caustic soda um, relative to that. So it depends on the grain. You know, for example, barley would put in there thirty kilos of caustic soda per ton of, mm -hmm. of dry barley, going up to if it's wheat, it would be uh, uh, five percent, so fifty kilos of caustic soda in there, and then it's and it's you, we need to be careful with it because it is a very um, it is a caustic product there. Mm -hmm. It needs to you need to be uh, respectful of it there. Eyewear is is you know is recommended there because it can it can burn it can irritate the skin. Mm -hmm. um, so it's dry mixed with the grain in the TMR feeder for perhaps ten minutes just to make sure it's homogeneous the mix there and then uh, depending on the moisture of the grain at the beginning add water to that. Mm -hmm. to bring it down to that um, desire between 30 to 40 percent it's great to have it at 40 percent wetter is not a problem mm -hmm. um, 40 percent moisture and then it's uh, it's mixed carry on mixing that for probably 15 minutes or so within the uh, uh, tmr feeder so it really gets that so it gets the water the the, the caustic soda around there um, within the mix and what some people would do is probably add a bit of um, chop straw into it mm -hmm. as well because once it starts to break down that husk of the grain it becomes quite a cheesy material it's almost okay. like a, a drier form of cottage cheese if ever you've stuck your huh. hand on the top of cottage cheese but <laughs> yeah. 
So it can stick together once it's outloaded. Straw in there, chop straw will help keep it more friable and prevent mm -hmm. it from, from clumping together if it's particularly wet. So it's tipped out, uh, yeah, it did the, the mechanical process of mixing, the, uh, the caustic itself, the chemical reaction that, that, and the, the moisture is, every, all those, those three are what are combined to remove that husk and for that chemical reaction, that process to remove the husk from, from the grain. So mm -hmm. it takes on quite a darker color as that uh, husk is, is burning away. It's, it's not actually burning, it's, it's, it's peeling it off there in a, right. uh, in a fashion and uh, tipped out. It gets quite warm as that mm -hmm. process is, is, is ongoing. Um, so it'll be left in a pile, some clean concrete there somewhere where it won't get rained on, preferably. It can, uh, right. can stand a little bit of drizzle or some light rain, but no downpours for sure. But right. uh, let, it, let that chemical process continue. Okay. Um, Undisturbed? You just kind of... Yeah, just leave it like that. Yep. You know, leave it like that, you know, for... Uh, a good five or six hours and then um it can be leveled out to uh to only to a foot or so in in depth foot, okay. foot and a half, um to enable it to to cool down and then uh, once it's cool it can be piled back up again and it can be stored as long as it's as long as it's under cover even if it's under a top uh something like that to prevent the weather getting mm -hmm. to it. um it's actually one of the one of the beauties of caustic treating is that um you know birds critters you know rats mice they don't they don't touch it um, oh really yeah huh. just because the sodium in there yeah is is uh you know it's it's quite strong which is good for the cows we'll right. talk about that in a, in a minute here but uh so they're not interested in it so as long as it's kept from the rain from any precipitation then it can be uh you know left left under a tarp outside perhaps or ideally somewhere on a concrete pad where it's not going to be exposed to the weather. Uh, just a little side note again for the, the fact that the, um, you know, the rodents won't, uh, you know, won't get into it there. It also, mm. another benefit is that weed seed is, is, is burnt away and it mm. kills, off, kills off the majority of weed seed in there as well. So once it's gone nice. through the cow in the manure, back on the land, you know, you're not spreading more of wherever it came from, the weed seeds that may be, be in there. So uh, yeah, those are some, great side benefits <laughs> yeah yeah definitely very cool so how i guess the volume that you would do at a time would kind of be dictated by what you can handle in your tmr mixer uh yeah or is there kind of a limit to how much you could do at a time and like how far in advance you would get this ready for for feeding yeah so once it's made up there you know the longest you want to leave it would be three months. Okay. Uh, some may push it to four, but three months there because it does it dries out, right? And, uh, as it's stored, and it's worth if you're going to leave it that long. I don't know. Many people wouldn't really do that, but mm -hmm. um, it usually might have a week's worth. Mm -hmm. But add more water to it before putting it back into the mixer or feeding it because you know just to break up any lumps or uh, help it to be more uh, to to mix into the rest of the diet more more easily in there. Mm -hmm um so and it but it will and also wants to be at least um four four days ideally you know closer to a week if you can leave it before you start feeding it the okay. better still. um but four days is is okay and and it's it's a good um again ask the cows and see what they think and just check manure 
perhaps send a sample for analysis. Uh, you know, you may see some whole grains in there, which can look right. quite startling, but uh, it, it it's, yeah, it's it's usually, and typically very low and, and better that I've often found than um, certainly the likes of ground corn and those those feeds. And it is, but you know, it is a process there. And, sure. and to, to minimize the impact on the work week or the day, then that's where people would make, uh, you know, a week's worth or two <laughs> weeks worth of, product there so it's it's a job but then it's done mm-hmm. um, the uh some of the, the so the benefits of feeding caustic rather than it just being a an energy source is when you're the sodium content in there it um induces the cows to to salivate more okay sodium does for for you and i as well if we're eating salt and vinegar chips you know you just you do you know it's just the same process there and what does the cow's saliva contain but sodium bicarb uh so it's buffering the um the buffer is in there already in the in the form of the the caustic soda right the cow is also producing more saliva to help buffer that starch so i do see some very good butterfat you know the components Mm -hmm. are, are usually very good um and would get better still you know for four, five, six kilos, even higher than that sometimes of the finished product of of, of wheat uh, mm-hmm. or, or barley, uh, caustic treated, and um, to see quite the uh, positive in uh, the butterfat uh, production. So the process is there. Yes, it is. And it's not to take it away. And it's okay. I'm always conscious of that. You introduce ideas to the to farms and it's not me that's actually doing it, but uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's the benefit. What does that bring to, to that too? And uh, yeah. So, uh, so there's quite there's quite a cost saving where farms may may be feeding um, a bicarb in their mm-hmm. diet. Uh, very common to, for for farms to be doing that. Most would be uh, to try and help with uh, butterfat in particular. Then that can be taken out of the the diet. You know, it's because the buffer is in this um, caustic soda. And bicarb is can be quite an expensive thing. You know, it can can uh, add quite a cost per cow per day. So uh, mm-hmm. this 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 does have a the benefit of taking out cost other costs within the diet at the same time. Right. Neat. So then the grain itself is a it's a high end energy feed source. Um so if you were going to incorporate that into your dairy diet, what would it be replacing or what would you cut back on in order to incorporate that? I know that's going to change a lot depending on the herd and you know, the specifics and everything, but kind of in general, where does it fit in? Uh, so it would, it would replace the, um, for me, it would replace some of the, uh, the corn, if the corn is in the diet there, or if there's wheat mm-hmm. already, but more commonly barley right. um, in diet. So uh, that's where it would, would fit in. Um, as I say, most, most farms wouldn't really consider wheat, perhaps uh, mm-hmm. some, some do. Um, so it's it would be um, yeah so it would be it would be a relatively new thing or or a different thing to feed in there but it, what it's replacing would be a combination of corn and or barley right. uh, in the mix in the mix already. Okay. Um, it's uh, nice to have options and especially like you were saying going back to what you can produce and depending depending on the year and if you have a poor corn crop but you have this grain available then um yeah all kind of give it gives you more options i guess to to use what you have 
Yeah, that's that's right. And I think, you know, we talked about some of the side benefits too. I mean, there's mm. it gives you the options and the, the benefits of we talked about weed seed, vermin, and bicarb, you know, taking out some of those things in the diet too. Which uh and I think one one important thing to link into the sort of the year we've had with with toxins in grain mm-hmm. is that because it's removing that husk there, it it um it does have a benefit of taking out toxins in the uh, mm. to varying degrees in in grain as well. So, uh, you know, and in the changing weather we have, which will always be the case here, you know, how are we adapting to that? And I think this right. is another tool to be able to uh, uh, to adapt to that. And it's not something you necessarily have to plan in advance for, apart from mm-hmm. well, I'm going to grow wheat. You know, it uh, or again it doesn't have to be just wheat um we did uh did some trials on a farm with with corn put yep. whole corn dry corn um and work worked extremely well so uh yeah. it's, it's another another tool that you can bring in into um the season when it's when it when it may fit into it, it doesn't have to be a lot of planning ahead mm. uh, apart from having someone to store it you know we need to have someone to store that so that's a caveat to that i would say but uh Right. Yeah. So depending on the season, something you can bring into your feed plan uh, quite quite readily. Cool. And the caustic soda itself, is that uh, fairly easy to get a hold of? Uh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are different suppliers around here. There's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's typically would be in the dry form in 25 kilo bags as the caustic prills in its dry form. It is available here. I've I've seen in in a liquid form. I've never I've oh, never used that, but um, and I would be interested to see how that might work. I mean, I, I would see it would take a bit more handling because it's a yeah. the drums and then putting it in to the grain. Um, again, just the 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 health and safety aspect there. Yeah. yeah. So there is cost to it certainly, and right. Uh, and it's uh, it's a chemical, and whatever the chemical markets are doing, I talked about trying to sort of, you know, avoid those <laughs> markets. But uh, yeah. well, you know, that's those sorts of things we have to. Yeah. So uh, the and the costs have been, I would say, they've been very much comparable to drying grain and mm-hmm. adding a buffer to a diet. They're 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 much the same currently with the prices of this uh, of caustic soda just now right. um, most of the time it's been less expensive mm-hmm. um, but that's a reflection of chemical market um would there be any other quality considerations or concerns like i know you said that you don't want it to get rained on so i'm assuming that's because if it got too wet it could mold or um yeah, yeah any other tips and tricks on making sure you have good quality uh, no, that's the main one. It's uh, molding certainly because then you you know you're washing away the uh, the buffer uh, mm-hmm. as well, so it is less effective when it comes to feeding. Right. Um, that would be that's really you know as with any feed, you know keep it keep it clean, keep it dry, and you know there 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 is a, there is a shelf life to this. I say you know four right. months, three to four months really was be uh, would be its its shelf life there because it's a, a wet product now mm-hmm. keep it clean and dry and dry when i say that is free from precipitation yes and obviously additional that would be the uh that would be the only concern for for storage for sure it's it's interesting to have um different options of what you can do 
with with your crops um but also from the from your perspective i guess with the with the diet and and making some changes and substitutions there so yeah no very cool um so if if people are interested in seeing if this is a fit they can contact you yeah absolutely about it. it's, it's a you know for most it would be uh a, a new a new topic to discuss yeah. so happy just to talk through it there and just the the ins and outs and what's uh you know what expected uh results you know where are you now what do you want to to achieve but i think more importantly uh the likes of wheat and barley i think they're 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 very much second best to uh to corn here mm -hmm. uh, but when we, we we put it through this process or even feeding them without this process there i feel that we get a lot more feed value from uh wheat in particular compared to corn and ground corn mm -hmm. um, so it has much more value to the cow in that respect it can be it's less expensive per ton usually but i feel there's there's more nutrient value to the cow per kilo fed um in there so uh, but let's let's you know that's the discussion we can have if anybody's interested to talk or yeah it's this or if it's some other form of uh, feeding or processing the grain i'm a big fan of cereals i especially winter wheat i really like working with um so let's let's bump up the winter wheat acreage in the province it's, why not right there with you could do a straw too look at all the straws. absolutely That's yes bad. you have two products coming out of it really so. yes absolutely right. yeah. it's a win-win <laughs> <laughs> no this has been awesome dan um thank you so much it's, it, it's an interesting topic and uh i'm glad you could join me to chat about it a little bit today more than happy to thank you thank you for listening to this episode of outstanding in the field you can follow us on social media at ns perennia and subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date on future episodes. Thanks to Perennia for supporting this podcast and Rachel Oxner from our marketing and communications team for podcast production.